Hello, and welcome to Fort Wayne Ballet's Kinetic Conversations. I'm Jim Sparrow. Our guest today is Karen Gibbons-Brown, Artistic Director of Fort Wayne Ballet. And I thought we would take a little bit of a different turn for the season and talk about Nutcracker. Its rise, its popularity, it's become a staple in the United States. And I thought it would be a nice opportunity to talk to Karen about that. So Karen, welcome. Thanks for having me. So let's start off with a little bit of history about the Nutcracker. Talk a little bit about its inception and how it was received at the beginning. The ballet was choreographed by a man named Marius Petipa and his assistant, Lev Ivanov. Petipa was French, but considered the father of Russian ballet. And by the Tsar's request, he was required to create a new work every year. So this particular year was the year of the Nutcracker, and he worked with Tchaikovsky, the composer, to create a score. And he'd worked with Tchaikovsky before. This was the last work that they did together. And he had the story, the libretto, was taken from a story by E.T.A. Hoffman, The Nutcracker and the Mouse King. So the libretto was written by a Frenchman, Dumas, and they decided that they would only take a portion of the libretto and make it a fun story for children and for the audiences, as opposed to the more dark side that the story tends to be. So they created this ballet, and Petipa's new gimmick that year was using children to do children's parts. That was novel for the ballet world and was not successful. And in fact, it was such a disaster, people really didn't want to see the ballet again. Sadly, Tchaikovsky died the following year in 1893 and never knew that his ballet had become a success at all. The ballet took a little hiatus. What we most know or knew for periods of time in the world about the Nutcracker was the Nutcracker Suite, that part of Act Two that you see that we call the divertissement, that really have nothing to do with the story at all, was the most popular part of the Nutcracker that you would hear in concert. Dancers would dance parts of it at Christmas time. But although it premiered at Christmas time in Russia, it was not really a ballet just for Christmas. So you can be in Europe and see the Nutcracker in March. We just happened to do it in America at Christmas time. The first full-length production of The Nutcracker in America was in 1944 by the San Francisco Ballet. Pretty successful. And Christensen, the choreographer of the ballet at that point in time, resourced both George Balanchine and Alexandra Danilova, who had been in the original production of The Nutcracker in Russia. And Christensen created his own. And then 10 years later, Balanchine decided he wanted to create what he remembered about his childhood in Russia. So he created one that we now know as one of the most popular ones in the world. So let's pick that apart for just a second. When we talk about the lack of success when it was premiered, largely because of the addition of children and elements which we think of as sort of instrumental today. Charming. Why do you think that was such a problem? And then how did we get to a place where perhaps it's thought of differently? Some companies still use adults to do the children's parts. It's becoming less popular, but there was that period of time where they did. When you work with children, it's unpredictable, <laughs> as, as you well know. So I think that uh, originally it was something that was considered less than professional. And the ballet was at a state in Russia where it was considered a jewel of the country. So when you put children in the ballet, it wasn't quite the same from the czar's perspective, the professional quality that they were looking for. The other criticism that I read about was the lack of adherence to the original libretto, that he didn't completely adhere to the story when he was putting the first ballet together. And the story is pretty dark. So what would your response be to that? I think part of the longevity of Nutcracker is because Petipa had that foresight when he created it. 
Nutcracker is the ballet, the Nutcracker, is one that is for the children and the young at heart. And it touches everybody in a special way. It's become a tradition and a memory, but it's the one thing that you can go to at any time, and it's escapism. There's nothing harsh about it. There's nothing awful about it. The first story was written, as I said, by E.T.A. Hoffman, who we also know wrote the story of Colpelia, which is another ballet that most companies do around the world. And E.T.A. Hoffman was an amazing storyteller, and his stories always had a moral. And the moral of this story was that darkness and evil can surround a child at every point and every turn in their life as they grow. But through love and pureness of heart and truth and trust, those evils can be overcome. And that was written in 1830. It's still very pertinent in today's world, and it's a story that doesn't die, and I think that's a part of why it has such longevity. One of the things, as you you talked about, was the ability to escape. Yes. And I think that's probably true, but you just referred to Capelia as similar elements in terms of escaping. How much of this really is related to the fact it's Christmas time and it's become a tradition as opposed to what's on the stage in terms of the production? I think a part of why it's taken such hold at Christmas time or holiday time in America is that you're always looking for something family-friendly and a way to create new traditions for your families. And when we hear over and over, this is a family tradition, and it's one that everybody can enjoy. Nobody's left out, nobody's hurt, nobody's arguing over the turkey or the cranberry sauce. We can all go and enjoy the nutcracker. You also talked about Balanchine and his remembrance of being a child and adding that to his version of the Nutcracker. That's true of many people now. that Everybody has their own version of the Nutcracker. Right. How many of these versions of the Nutcracker really are farther aflung from the original story? I mean, when we talk about the situation, how much of it's really just changing the colors and a few arrangements? And how much of it's really changing? Or is there really a core element that everybody has that's the same? There are as many versions of the Nutcracker as there are productions of the Nutcracker. Everybody makes it what they need it to be for their community. There has been, in most recent history, a tradition of making it work with your community in regards to this community, for instance, Louisville Ballet. They're known for their bourbon and their baseball bats. So a lot of their things in the Nutcracker refer back to that history or the Kentucky Derby. What we call bonbons or the little French candies that dance are actually little jockeys on horses. So it becomes a part of the community in which you're living. We also talked about its emergence as a full-length, again, with San Francisco Ballet in 1944. But Nutcracker is something different here in the United States. Am I correct? I can't imagine it does the same thing around the rest of the ballet world and and outside of the United States. You're correct. Uh, It is the one entry point for everybody. It involves classical music, theater production, and dance. So when parents are looking at a way to expose their children to all of those arts, this is it all in one production and in a safe and healthy, family-friendly way. So I think it's taken hold in America in part for that reason. I also think it's become very Disney-fied, and I use that with all due respect. Disney made the Nutcracker Suite very popular in a movie, Fantasia, and he took the Nutcracker Suite and animated it, of course, so you have this vision. For instance, when you watch that, you'll see a lot of those elements appear in many productions of the Nutcracker as well. It's an experience. People are looking for an experience. And when you go to the Nutcracker, it's not just a ballet or it's not just an orchestra concert or it's not just a theater production. It's all of that and more. You also talked a little bit about things that have evolved. And as you said, there's as many different productions or types of productions of Nutcracker as there are companies and people who do it. 
The other question I would have is ballet is not an American art form. It wasn't created here, but it has evolved. Just as you talk about these productions, how do you see what is truly American within the dance field potentially enhancing the production from maybe what it was in 1944 and how it's begun to take root? I know you talked about the community, but are there elements related to the evolution of American dance that help with that? That's a great question. I think one of the strengths of American dance is that we have embraced not just the traditional art forms, but as they evolve, we embrace those evolutions as well. So while you may not see a direct relationship to that in a production such as The Nutcracker, you do see it in other productions of dance in America specifically, and you see so many of these European companies expanding on what really began in America as that melting pot of dance. It's been very interesting. I want to point out one thing about the Nutcracker. Did you know Nutcrackers, the actual Nutcracker, is considered a symbol of good faith and fortune? No, I didn't. They're supposed to guard your home from the evil that might surround you. Again, ties right into the story that E.T.A. Hoffman wrote. Well, and I think that those sub-stories make it very interesting for somebody who's really willing to dig in. I am fascinated that one of the things that people will go to regularly at the holiday season, whether they know anything at all uh, about ballet, it might be the Nutcracker, like they might do with a variety of other things that are very tradition-based. And it's a benefit to American ballet companies because there is that. Take a step outside of Nutcracker for a second and all the elements that you said were the things that made Nutcracker special outside of the tradition of the time of year. What other ballets might be that same type of experience in terms of the full package of an escapist story that's family friendly that maybe people don't think of if they were interested in going beyond Nutcracker? What should they look for and where should they go? I think that you have a couple of different categories of dance, so we may be going beyond what you want to discuss today. But if you talk about the romantic ballets from that time period, those tended to be an act of human and then an act of something supernatural. So, you know, we think these stories of Dracula and Frankenstein, etc., are new and really wonderful to choreograph, but we have those in our history as well. For instance, Giselle. Really? That gives me the willies? That's The willies dance. That's true. Right? But as you're talking, you're, the Victorian period's a little dark and a little creepy. I understand that if you were to be literal with the, with the Hoffman story, you could go down that road too. You could. But the way that you said is Disney-fied, right. whether that's intentional or just has been softened. Where do you see ballets that if I were to say I have someone who went to Nutcracker and they really loved it and I want to make sure they stay on that track... I don't know that I would necessarily pick Giselle. So what would I pick? <laughs> no, you probably wouldn't. Perhaps you'd pick Colpelia, which we spoke of earlier. You might pick Swan Lake. That's an iconic ballet, although some versions, there are three different traditional endings to that ballet. So you might want to research that or do some homework on that. But we actually have a cartoon that children watch now called The Swan Princess. That's based on the ballet Swan Lake. You might want to consider Don Quixote or Don Q. So there are several ballets as we travel through history, Romantic era, then we go into the classical era, and even to the early 20th century. That's when things started to change and get a little more contemporary, as we might call it today, and blend more styles and venues of dance, forms of dance, into one. But there is always something. So if you're looking for something similar to Nutcracker, you might want to choose what we call a story ballet. Talking about Foreign Ballet's Nutcracker, which has been well-reviewed and well-received, what about this production? And I know it changes a little bit every year, but mm -hmm. what about this production for you means that the Nutcracker's here? 
I think there are a couple of things. I love Nutcracker. I think it is magical, and I watch it from the audience every single performance, and I still feel that. For instance, the children, watching them grow and evolve. In the snow scene, we actually have snow fall on the audience, and watching the snow scene through the audience, it's like being in the middle of a snow globe. We're adding a little animation to a couple of set pieces in Act One this year. I also love just the joy of Act Two. There's nothing about Nutcracker I don't like. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and talking a little bit about Nutcracker. We'll have you back to talk about those Victorian ballets and the various other things that go into different directions. But Nutcracker's coming, and we appreciate you talking to us today. Thanks. We hope you all enjoy it. Fort Wayne Ballet's Nutcracker opens Friday, December 6th at 7.30 and runs through Sunday, December 15th at the Arts United Center. You can purchase tickets by visiting the Fort Wayne Ballet website or Arts Ticks or calling 422-4226. That's our show, brought to you by Fort Wayne Ballet and with the support of the University of St. Francis. My guest today was Artistic Director Karen Gibbons-Brown. My co-producers for this series are Marcia Hetrick and John Dawkins, who also composed the theme music. To learn more about the ballet and hear our podcast, please visit us at fortwayneballet.org. Until next time, I'm Jim Sparrow, and thanks for listening to Kinetic Conversations with Fort Wayne Ballet.